Hello, buddy. Welcome to Cow Daily today. Today we are joined by one of the co-founders of Extinction Rebellion, Gail Bradbrook. Um, I'm not going to do a massive intro. I'll just bring her in because uh, she can talk for herself. So, how are you doing, Gail? How are you, do- are you good today? <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I'm perimenopausal, so blessings and greetings to any other women in their fifties or really <laughs> in that yeah. landscape. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I bet yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, apart from that, I am all right. Yeah. I've got well, I hope it gets better. I have women in my life who are going through the same. So, um, as much as I can never feel it, I understand. You can feel it when they're like, <laughs> oh, I. I'm, uh, fortunately, I've got a strong chin. <laughs> you know what I keep saying to women, Mike, is because it's a it's a rite of passage for us. It's a rite of passage, and I've yeah. been in others. I've been in all night ceremonies, throwing up. I've been, I've, I've had two children. I've been in childbirth. But at least with them, you've got some idea it's going to be fucking over soon. You know? <laughs> this one, you're like, they sometimes say, yeah, women are sometimes in it for ten years. You're like, you're joking. Yeah. Anyway. I'm all right. Well, blessings to to you, mate. And and I guess I do understand to a level a man can. Um, Great to have you on here. First thing I want to say is, right, Extinction Rebellion, people usually say, oh, they're a bunch of middle-class assholes, but you're not middle-class at all and you're a co-founder. Please expand on this like system error in my brain how is this yeah yeah well you know i mean there's lots of tropes if you're an activist there's loads of tropes around aren't they and you can't win so one of them is that you're uh a dull scrounging whatever layabout you know working class sort of um dog whistle or you're middle class and privileged so you can't win i actually as it happens you know my dad was a coal miner yeah I feel working class in my bones and I have a relatively middle class lifestyle so I'm a bit of both really and obviously the more sort of capacity you've got in the life in your life the more you can think about stuff like the fact that the environment's going to hell in a handbasket totally I mean we, we had like a little I've mentioned it briefly just before we went on air there but this morning I had a real like moment about all of this I mean people know I'm in France at the minute and I was like saying to you that it's like 27 degrees here already like yeah. I was woke up in the night with the heat and I was awake for like four hours so I'm really tired so that's another personal aspect of how this is going to go for people yeah. and I've had a short window to actually walk my border collie who's obviously very high energy and that's the window he's got for the rest of the day until it's dark yeah i don't think people like understand those little things about life changes that are coming for people but also as well i got quite emotional as well and i'll tell you why and you probably you definitely would know know what i'm about to say which is like there's this reality of what's happening the scientific accepted reality and there's all these other realities and I find it really hard, like talking to people who don't understand that this is the reality we've got to act on now. Yeah. Otherwise, all of these realities will just dissolve away. Yeah. Like, how do you find that? Because, like, I'm looking for a bit of solidarity this morning. Yeah. I, guess, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I was, um, like, honestly bursting up with tears because of the amount of interactions that I've, I've been having with people where it's just a brick wall. It's, it's hurting. You know? Yeah. Do you know what? To be honest, Mike, the way I handle that is that I name it. I just say... Yeah something like I'm, I'm an environmental activist I'm really aware on a sort of deep level about what's happening and I find it quite alienating to be in conversations with people where that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be part of their reality so rather than making them bad and wrong I'm just naming how it is for me mm-hmm. um yeah and it, it is odd but we are at a time when the media is not doing its job hasn't been for years on yeah. the whole um and so 
people don't get it. So when you're talking about the heat, for example, there's this phenomenon called the wet bulb temperature. Um, it's something that people need to be increasingly aware of, which is the temperature at which the human body can't survive any longer. You have about six hours to get to a cooling centre. And obviously some parts of the world won't have them. Some people won't make it. And some bodies, the temperature will be lower. It's about 35 degrees if you wrap a a flannel around a a, a thermometer. So I was in Paris a few years ago. And um, when you're in places where there's a lot of concrete, it absorbs the heat and it lets it out at night. So it's just as hot at night. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I got up and had a shower. But, like, there's just a few degrees warmer. And everybody in the city would die, you know, unless they got into somewhere cooler. You'd cook. So that's one of the things that we're facing is that, um, you know, significant parts of the planet, people just won't be able to live in them anymore. And where are they going to go? You know, what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. I I was in Andalusia recently. I was speaking to a couple of lads um, from South Sudan, and that was like the the first port of call. It was um, right on the south coast, a place called Huelva. Yeah. And um, it really sort of brought a lot of it at home because you're, you're seeing that this passage of people around the bus stations in these cities yeah. in the south, yeah. and obviously people proliferate are like around Europe from there. Yeah, and something I, like I, a fifth of all emissions in the atmosphere to, to do with the UK historically. Mm. So we've got a deep uh, responsibility to what's happening elsewhere in the world, but instead what we're doing is whipping up racism. Quite. I mean, that's the, the capitalism seems to the only answers it has is finger pointing. And this is in, in line with what I was saying to you before, just on that societal level, like the, the people that I'm coming into contact with who are like trying to make plans based on unreality are like just a, a, an individual aspect of the whole. And yeah. like it's that propaganda that's coming from the media and almost they're repeating that back. And it, I just like I say that if we if we had actually been able to talk last week, which was um, when we were originally going to, it would have been a different conversation. I would have just interviewed you, but you know what yeah. it is this morning. I just want to talk to a human being, mate, because yeah. I, I just I'm really feeling it. Yeah, I'm feeling this. Sorry, there's something called the Climate Psychology Alliance, and people can get support through that. Um, when when people really get what's happening, it has a deep impact on us emotionally, um, yeah. and I think that's you know. I'm not the only person who thinks this, but mental health will, is the sort of leading edge of the breakdown. We are in a breakdown. I mean, we started the breakdown in the UK in about 2015, according to academics. So, and, and you know, Mike, you can get really depressed and down about this. And I, I would say it's important to feel the feelings, but not get stuck there. Yeah. So um, one of the things is to connect to nature and the beauty that's here. Like mm-hmm. life is transient even without a climate emergency, you know, an ecological emergency. So it's about connecting to beauty and not getting stuck in despair, you know, because the antidote to despair is to go and do something, be with some people. Um, And the other thing I always say, especially to young people, like it's not like it was okay what was happening. (laughs) It's not okay for something like 5,000 years we've been in this paradigm of domination and control. It doesn't work well for human beings it's it's not how we want to live it's not how we want to be together it wrecks our nervous systems and this is a sort of conclusion i suppose of 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 hundreds and thousands of years of um of of a of a dominant domination system uh of which neoliberal capitalism is the sort of manifestation now and like you say it hasn't really got anywhere to go and so what it does which is sort of fascinating is it just lies to itself. It lies to yeah. itself. 
Um, it's through economics. It's just a joke. Um, the the uh, like the way the Bank of England and some of the you know banks and the international settlements talk to themselves about this stuff. I I mean I could wax on about this, but there's like a guy who got a a Nobel Prize, which is just nonsense. <laughs> like it says that the optimal warming for the planet would be four degrees because people mostly inside and they can sort of have air conditioning it it, it doesn't it misses like the small matter which is that we have to eat food and that mostly grows outside uh there's just and the insurance industry is lying to itself capitalism is just having a lie it's it is and then it, it it's going to like any ideology is going to be dissolved by reality but unfortunately so a lot of us and again the, the racism around immigration seems to be its only response but then what happens when it's completely unavoidable for people to actually acknowledge this reality and then also you look from the sort of social engineers let's call them climate change is basically a hoax to them I mean, I think they, they know it isn't, but for some yeah. reason they're pumping that at people. I mean, let's talk about the sort of conspiracy side of it. Like you obviously having yeah. set up one of the co-founders of Extinction yeah. Rebellion, I assume you've been targeted by these people. Can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, there was a conspiracy theory about me personally. So it's just bizarre because I, I, I'm not really quite an open-minded person genuinely. So if someone... Uh, has a perspective we think where's the truth in this but when somebody's got a conspiracy theory about you personally that you've been funded by summit and you're like you know I've, i i know it's in my bank account it's not great <laughs> they've certainly yeah. not got any of this supposed money in um they thrust thrust dossiers in your hand and yeah it's i i, I think with any of this where, where i've come to is i, I i'm really interested in like ian mcgillchrist's work the master in his emissary the stuff about the, the brain hemispheres. I'm like, why are we doing this to ourselves as a species? And to understand that when our nervous systems are in a state, sort of fight, flight, freeze, you go into sort of left hemisphere pathology, to use that yeah. language. And you're just basically bullshit. I mean, it's called cognitive dissonance, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. A fancy term. But we just have different forms of bullshit that we're willing to believe. Um, you, you want to believe any kind of story that's consistent with making you feel better. That's what yeah. it gets up to. And it's seen as logical. It's just literally not. But it's been systematized in the world. And so then the question is, like, how, how to respond to that? And I think, like, first of all, get to know your own inner nervous system, uh, which to say is quite tricky when you're in menopause because it's like, woo, all yeah. over the place. But, you know, get to know it and get some whatever practices work for you. And also in other cultures, they have practices for the group like whichever groups you're in, to cultivate what's called the good mind. You know, yeah. like, I think it was Alexander Solnetsian, I can never say his name properly, that said the line between good and evil runs through every human heart, but it's actually down the middle of your head. It's not to make the left hemisphere bad, but it's not supposed to be in charge. And yeah. it is in what some of us call whiteness in this culture of um, separation and scarcity and powerlessness. Yeah. I mean, I read recently that you um, had an ayahuasca ritual and it kind of triggered this experience in Extinction Rebellion. Do you want to talk about that and like the sort of dawn of Extinction Rebellion? Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't one, to be honest. I went away. I've worked with medicine or teaching plants for some time, so it wasn't a one-off. And I've done lots of sort of healing stuff. I'm still a bit of a mess, <laughs> like, just to say I'm still a dick. Um, but, yeah, I went 
to I went as far as Costa Rica because I wanted to work with Boga actually, which is a medicine oh, really? in Gabon, Breedy people. And in this two week period, I did a a taster session amount of a boga, which threw me into despair. <laughs> and then I had to take another lot the next night, which was what's called a flood dose. And then I worked with the Cambo medicine, you know, the monkey frog poison and three ayahuasca's in a two week wow. period. So it was a bit, a bit hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But literally my, I just had wanted to start mass civil disobedience since 2010. And I was sort of, if, you know, I have a science background, by the way. I'm a molecular biophysicist in tra by training. And so I always feel like I want to couch things in scientific terms that sound a bit out there. There is a sort of, the, the way the science is these days is there's sort of a consciousness beyond us. Not everybody signs up to that, but like the physics, you know, the cosmic hologram and all that stuff. There were interesting shifts in how we understand life and uh, the universe and everything. So just saying there could be a scientific thinking around this i have a practices that make prayers and offerings um and requests and mm -hmm. and 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 offering my life in service and i was you know please help me to deal with anything in me that's in the way help me to find my team and uh yeah help me to to, to find out what it is i need to know and all of the prayers were answered very magically and mysteriously and beautifully um that's yeah, I'm you don't saying. have to sell it to me. I believe um, in. I'm not just the sort of wholly rigid, you know. Yeah. I am. Um, I definitely think there's something other, you know. Call it the universe, God, whatever we want to term it as. Um, I just believe it's part of the whole. Yeah. Um, have you worked with those medicines and Mike? Do you, have you? Well, I've smoked DMT before. I haven't had the actual um, ayahuasca itself. I, I, I took the capitalist version of it straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a DMT is about 15 minutes isn't it I hear yeah it was something like that it was interesting man I was seeing a lot of um because we did it did it properly it was just in a flat but like we did it properly with a sitter and everything like that yeah. and um my friend at the time he turned into like an Egyptian scarab beetle and there was like rainbows coming out of his eyes and I'm just sitting there like and then yeah. I started laughing and I tell you why I saw like a 6d shape and I can't, I couldn't explain that in words, but I started laughing at just the sheer novelty of what I felt at the time was like, um, everything is up for debate in yeah. terms of like, you know, um, how we see reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. so seeing that 5D shape was just presented to us by like an alien entity and like yeah. kind of nodded, like, and I just started that, howling, laughing at that shape. Yeah. It was so yeah. like, oh, well, that makes that shape makes all the sense. I don't need well, to let me tell you a bit of physics. Right. So um, uh -huh. and I'm just name dropping and showing off here. But my first husband's called um, Jeff Forshaw is a lovely man, actually he writes books with Brian Cox. Um, mm -hmm. So he's he's written about uh, fundamental physics. And in my first Iboga journey, I was shown this pulsating geometry that was creating new bits of universe. And um, but I was also in abject despair and I was also shown things about neurophysiology and brain wiring and how it, and that all became part of the next journey that I did. I got my brain rewired, but, um, this is a lot for a Monday morning. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then I was with Jeff and he started telling me the conclusion of this book universal. And he said, you know, about physics, it had gone into, I think quite an arrogant phase when it was talking about the theory of everything. And this idea that you have a, a starting point of the laws of physics and you can simulate them. There's a project called the Eagle Project and you get this sort of known universe. But what they've understood from the maths 
is that you could have this different point in space, different set of physics, different universe, etc. And this is where the sort of theory of the multiverse comes from. And the maths behind it is geometry in right. multi dimensions, right? And he starts telling me about this geometry is Paul Satan and making bits of the universe. And I was like, I fucking saw that on the Boga. You know, he's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the symbolism of these things that we we see. It's kind of almost little motifs between each experience I've found, you know. Yeah. And it, 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 that symbol is just—I've never stopped. I've never not thought about that, like in terms of um, how a symbol can just say everything that needs to be said and just promote that emotional response, you know. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like, this is all bullshit, isn't it? This kind of reality we can actually—it felt like you can actually bend and shape things a little bit. That's what I was left with. Like, yeah. don't, don't. It gave me hope rather than anything, and yeah. I didn't feel scared either. Which, like, you. Whenever I would perceive those kind of um, experiences, like I, I can delineate because when I was young, I was a raver. So you know, I've, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, this is my sure. first rodeo. DMT yeah. is a different thing. It's not a drug. Yeah. It's not a drug at all. It's very it's different. Blood molecule, actually. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, I've actually interviewed Dr. Rick Strassman, um, okay. who who did wrote the uh, did he DMT the spirit yeah, molecule? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice man. Nice man. He is. Actually, remind us we're going to be doing a follow up soon, so I've got to follow it up with him. <laughs> yeah, um, with one of the scientists I've been researchers this week. Last night we did um, a dispatcho for. I'm, I'm going to be in court um, this week and next week on a with a jury trial. So uh, we made some prayers and offerings in that way. Good. That way, yeah. Well, just to say on the cultural appropriation front that um, this was gifted by a lineage of people to my friend to bring it here. I think we need all the help we can get, really. And yeah, I was. Just going to come on to that with you. You've um, you've got a court case this week. Do you want to like basically give it, give it from the start? Yeah. So I took a sort of hammer and bradle to a window at the Department for Transport. Just one pane of glass. Um, a broken one of the window at a bank, and um, that one it turned out was bulletproof glass. Uh, so the bank window, which is a local branch bank of Barclays, that was five hundred pound plus VAT to to mm -hmm. sort it out and this one they said was 28 grand so i have to be in front of a jury with it and um yeah so they would count it as criminal damage but obviously with these things you do it for a reason uh like to, to put it in a nutshell emmeline panker said there's no greater argument in modern politics than that of the broken pain the suffragettes and the chart issues window breaking as part of their suite of tactics um yeah. And when you have a, a lockdown in the media for covering things, that then you have to do things of that nature. And there's more to social movement theory than that, but that's an aspect of it. Uh, so anyway, that's what I did. Um, sort of clearly not disputing that, but I refuse to be just labelled a criminal as a result. I want to be able to talk to the jury. However, it's really um, changed recently, the, the whole jury trial situation. When activists get to talk to the jury, uh, quite a few acquittals have happened, um, not just for climate activists, but, you know, Palestine action folks, etc. cetera, uh, animal rising others. But um, they, so they have this thing where they say you've got no defence in law. So they sort of close down your ability to speak to the jury. So you can't talk about that because it's not relevant. So basically some climate activists have gone to jail for contempt of court because they mentioned climate change in front of the jury. Right. That's quite shocking, isn't it? Just mentioning climate change and they got put in jail for contempt of court. They've got propaganda and silence. 
yeah. silencing people, it seems. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a beautiful summary. That's exactly what authoritarianism is. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're enter- I don't think we're like on a slippery slope towards it. I think we're in it now. I think that's- yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, it's here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I say it completely. I, like, I mean, after the, the, the elections in the UK, um, for one, and all of the stuff that we could get into the weeds about there, but we won't. We'll stay on track. Um, but there's there's so much that I agree with you on here. It's um, I, I feel to say how people couldn't because everything that you're saying is backed up with evidence. And it's, uh, as I say, I'm just sitting talking as a human being this morning and I'm just like appreciative that people like you actually got out there and did it. So what are the chances you were getting stuck in the in the in the jail then, mate? What's well, going to happen? You know, we don't know how it's going to unfold because we don't know how the judge. This I have a different judge. There's this judge that's a bit. Think of him as a bit like a Harry Potter baddie. He's called Silas <laughs> Food, <laughs> and he's the one that's been sticking people in jail. And it's a bit stupid, really. If I think uh, an overreaction. Um, so, but one of the things that's happened is that um, some people have been holding up signs to let the jury know that you have a, a right to acquit based on your conscience. It's a really key part of our. It's a, the jury is actually the functional part of democracy in the UK when yeah. it's when it's given the information. So it's it is it, it, the jury are us. You know, we are the jury. Like it's it's our it's a peer, isn't it? It's a peer group. So it's really important that they know that they can acquit according to their conscience. So somebody yeah. held up the sign and guess what happened to that person, right? They got referred to, is it a woman called Trudy Warner? She's a retired social worker. She got referred to the Old Bailey and they referred it to the Attorney General, whether she's perverting the course of justice, right, by literally sharing some information. Now, the Old Bailey, where she got referred to, has a plaque on the wall. And do you know what it says on the plaque? The jury has the right to acquit according to their conscience. No way. Yeah, you could like you couldn't make this shit up anymore. Oh, I mean, it's not written in slightly old English, but it's like it's on the wall. <laughs> and we're just holding up what's on the wall. Um, so goodness. Um, so there's now 25 people, I think, being referred to the Attorney General, whether it should be perverting the course of justice, which is a significant crime or contempt of court. Um, and basically, of course, the jury should just know that. I mean, and they, in my case, uh, and well, I think, Mike, you have to be careful about talking about cases, actually, in the run-up to a court case. Yeah, so you I do. Uh, so I would say, generally, I think that as long as people are allowed to speak their truth and, and, and give voice to why they did things and get into the detail, then whatever the jury decides, it's fine. Like, I don't think people should be allowed to just go around randomly breaking windows without a very, very good reason. Um, that should always be questioned. Yeah, so you're 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 looking for it to be acquitted on conscience of the jury rather than to contesting. I, I, I'm not actually looking for anything other than to to say what I think and why. That's fucking brave as shit. That like, yeah, it really is. I mean, like, yeah, I can tell you mean it. Mm. Like, yeah, it's like you like detached from the outcome. Do in your heart, or do you really feel? Detached yeah, 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 definitely. I, 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 I had a beautiful friend called Polly Higgins who tried to bring forward the law of ecocide and that's been growing since she died actually taken up by another friend but um what she always said was whatever happens let it be for the best bloody and, hell yeah, yeah. Is, I've, I've interviewed just off oil people yourself and others these are genuinely brave as fuck oh. like there's a lot of people like come <laughs> Not- and come with this big like I am thing overcompensating for shit and you're just like really calm and like yeah I might go to jail yeah I, I, I well truthfully I don't know if you study any 
like therapeutic theory and I come into interested in internal family systems at the minute mm -hmm. so I kind of have this experience of myself and I think this is true of all of us there's like an inner spirit there's the sovereign person they know what they're doing and mm -hmm. you know there are parts of me Mike that are like <laughs> you know don't lock me up you know there are parts of me that are and just want to feel comfortable just want to go and lay on the sofa and eat some biscuits you know like I mean it's not all courageous but I think yeah. all of us have that spirit and actually do you know like uh, if if you're not in that aspect of yourself at least some of the time you're not really in life like that's what can that's the big horrible thing about consumer capitalism is it just shuts us down into these narcissistic but comfort-seeking control freaks yeah yeah <laughs> that's not fun to be like it's just um damaged damaged individuals and and groups um you know not not in not in the flow of life it's a, it's yeah and it's got to change so yeah it does but the fact is that you are the point of the spear and like it blows my mind the level of bravery that you're showing because I, I wanted i was like right i want to speak to this person myself and just get a take the temperature and like you're real, aren't you? You're not. You're not a lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I do mean it. Yeah, I do. I feel like this is what my life's for, really. Um, yeah, but um, it, I just want to emphasize the fact also that I am a twat as well. You know? <laughs> well, that's as well. I mean, we all are. We've all got that. But like... I don't know. It's sort of like human beings. We we have that ability to. Um, care that deeply really so it's like i know it sounds very hippie-ish but it's fundamentally about love never um, apologize for being hippie i might mm -hmm. have a skinhead but within my heart beats patchouli oil i can assure <laughs> you of that my <laughs> dispatcher in the garden last night my kids were hanging, i've got teenage boys hanging out the window going you're, you're really mad now mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah how are the kids about about the jail thing all right actually the, the things got slowed down because of covid and these various rulings you know that's what's been happening like my case was impacted by the colston statue case right I see. so you can no longer argue that criminal damage is proportionate aspect of um human rights legislation in terms of the right to protest you can't argue that's been dealt with uh, and, uh, and let me tell you something more interesting about that in a second but so my so it means it's been slowed down it means they're older and i think that they sort of understand that this is yeah I don't want to speak on their behalf, basically, but I, I, I yeah, I, I think they're, I think they're okay with it. Um, I mean, who knows? Like, if I, I could get jailed for sort of up to two years, so that's not cool, is it? Um, what I wanted to tell you is what these rulings say. Um, there's one called the Thacker ruling, the Colston ruling. They say um, you didn't need to do that because we've got a functional democracy. Uh, and or you could use the and or you could use a court system and you're like oh really <laughs> is that is that how it is a functional democracy is this what this is like you can have neoliberalism or neoliberalism and Jeez, man. um you know i mean even already one in eight british people don't think it's a fu functional democracy or and i think it's like 72 percent don't feel like they've got a real say in things so how would a functional democracy um include like last year 40,000 people died in excess deaths like social murder now like the government's yeah. not even that basic contract in between the state and you which says yeah I'll put up with some 
restrictions on my freedom, 40,000 people died last year. Uh, I, and that we have, we don't have like plans. We never had a plan for a pandemic. We don't have, we're not doing an adaptation around climate. The Committee yeah. on Climate Change are clear on that. We're failing on our targets around it. We're not leading the world. We're pulling back. We, you know, it's just like, <laughs> and then this idea that you can take things to court. I, I, I don't know, if, Mike, if you've covered stuff around injunctions here. Like rich people. A little people, bit, yeah, a little bit last year. The top and bottom of it is that rich people can buy law or they can yeah. go um and and avoid law avoid tax um there's no rights for nature but injunctions are, are becoming a real phenomena that i mean they were used around anti-fracking protests but uh, part of my protest at the department for transport was about the hs2 project mm -hmm. which we could all couldn't get into but i think there's something like 162 mile injunction now you go anywhere near that and try to stop that project so some of it's just consider these acts of self-defense that they've, they've injuncted us and then also for government past climate friendly laws it can be sued by oil fossil fuel companies through what's called used to be called in, investor state dispute settlements or corporate courts and they're not even in the public realm um so it's just like you're like there's these people in these high courts that are making these decisions and spouting this Crap. Do they have another planet to go to? Because I'm not logically getting my head around how they could have families, kids, just like everybody else on either side of this argument. And they're putting all this restrictive stuff in place. And in the past, I could understand it because people would personally benefit and the planet wasn't going to shit. Or at least it wasn't acknowledged scientifically or it wasn't there with the science. Yeah. Now, that's not the case. Now, the science is clear. But they're putting things in place, which is like literally counter to their existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, I mean, can you speak to that? Because obviously yeah. I think about that and I can't get anywhere other than a system error in my brain. Yeah. So what's, what's, <laughs> what's that about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's back to the left hemisphere in truth, you know, cognitive dissonance. There's a theory called terror management theory, which is mm -hmm. that parents would rather their children be killed than have to face um have to have um they, they've got a belief in a system that makes them feel comfortable mm -hmm. and makes them not afraid of death and take that away they'd rather have their kids so the the, ex the examples that are usually used is like the incas like throwing their kids off a tower or some jihadist mother thinking you know her son's in uh heaven or, or whatever but i think consumer capitalism's like the worst of the lot like yeah. you can't get that away from people and and when, when it's this sort of level of comfort and um the way that modernity offers this story of progress i mean it's breaking down so people sort of know but it's it's just i have this as a on you know we start the call on this on a regular basis it, people find it really hard to face this like and yeah. so your brain will just do something else uh and um the but when you're in a position of responsibility like the law courts, then that's the thing. And this is where it's interesting from a social movement theory point of view. It's called the legal pillar. Like, you know, there's the pillar of economics, pillar of the media. The legal pillar is quite sort of, it's very few people that have got quite a lot of power. And so we, you know, I don't feel like I'm on trial in some ways. I feel like it's the legal system's issue, not me. But obviously I broke a window and if a jury wants to say, well, we get it, but 
anyway, I shouldn't talk about my case, but yeah. Um, I, th I think that, um, you know, there was a, the, the chief exec of Shell recently was saying it's not the right time to act. <laughs> You're like, how, how can you? Uh, but, Haven't the oil companies known about this for years? And it was just. Well, they've been lying to us. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things at play. One is, um, you, you know, the climate denial. And then they moved on to something that people need to know about called discourses of delay, about four different types, three mm. in each. Look it up, discourses of delay, which would be stuff like what about is a war? What about China? What about India? They never say what about America, by the way. It's a geopolitical point that's been made. It's point yeah. They never but, mention uh, per capita when it comes to China yeah, either, like, right. which is can, less than the UK, but, you know, that's a detail that seems to get lost. Yeah, so. you can debunk all these things. Um, but they're, they're, they're just things that, that that are offered up to people. And then the the biggest one of all is like, oh, it's, it'll damage the economy. And, you know, it, we've been really brainwashed into this idea that the economic system is a sort of emergent property of life rather than a chosen thing. Um, you know, Mrs. Thatcher said there is no alternative and they just clearly are. And I actually, it's something that I'm battling and trying to push in climate movements. I think we really have to hold an alternative vision for our economy, which would be degrowth. It's not a sexy term, but it's yeah. a, a well-articulated alternative. Um, and when you're in a time of emergency, like one way of saying it is if Hitler was lining up, but the climate emergency is statistically about 50 Hitlers. You just, all bets are off. You just go into emergency mode, you try and resist and make change and the economy goes into a, a sort of war footing. I don't mean to say that in a way that enables authoritarianism. I just mean to of say course. that's one way of thinking about it, right? Uh so we're talking about half the planet dying, according to one of the main scientists. What you you just you the, the idea that we can have a managed transition that needed to start thirty years ago. So that's finished. That time's done with. And certain economists, like the ones at the Deutsche Bank, say, well, you know, we either stop having a growth-based economic system, in which case this civilization's finished, or we we keep destroying the life support systems of the earth, in which case this civilization's finished. So it's over. So what we're we gonna do about it, you know? Which is a time of, you know, as I said, it's not like it was okay. So then what we're we gonna do together is build build the new we we I think there's several things that we need to do, Mike. One is take care of ourselves, like understand our as I said earlier, nervous systems, be in groups that are functional and work out how to have them run well. Think about our local communities. And I don't mean from a prepper point of view, but like how does local democracy work? How can you shore that up? How can you meet the sort of issues when there'll be a lack of food or whatever? What what can we do together? So um and um yeah, enjoy enjoy life, Mike, as well. It's part of it. I, I really appreciate your time, you know. And honestly, I can say I love you and all of the people doing this. I really do. It's like if this morning, I, I really I'm feeling it now. Like I got proper emotional. Mm. As I say, because at the top of the show, the stuff that I was talking about that I'm experienced, I'm sitting here sweating. And it's like, what, 10 o'clock in the morning or something. It's crazy. I mean, I understand the world gets hot, and but then it gets cooler. People don't understand this is happening so frequently. It's yeah. like... I think, I think people have to get their head around non-linear events or tipping points, you know, so the, the, the climate system will tip into a new state of this yeah. whole house earth system. That's what the scientists think. 
and they think it could happen at two degrees of warming. It could be soon, like one and a half, and they're now saying that's where we're heading sooner. Yeah. Than, um, it's just... Uh, um, I saw some well-dodgy graphs last week, but when we're not getting well-dodgy graphs, so... I just, I'm just trying for this not to just become the noise because there's so many other people who refuse to like tune into the reality. So I don't want it to become like a noise. Oh, there's some more dark stuff. There's some more. There's some more. I want it. Want to be where you're at, where I'm still trying to do something about it. But I'll be honest. This morning I was like, "What's the effing point of all of this? Like, how do we, how do we do that?" But talking to you, I kind of like, like I'm just inconvenienced in a field trying to walk the dog. You're staring down the barrel of a jail sentence. It's about time I pulled my socks up. Not that I'm wearing any because it's too fucking hot. <laughs> I mean, people get murdered in other countries. Some of the people I work with who've had six murders, you know, Mexico and Ghana, it's 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 on a different level. Like, um, yeah, we, it, the people can do stuff here still, even though the protest laws have changed. Um, and I, I, I think... I, I really, I think the the responsible thing to do, you've got, we've all got young people in our lives that we care about. The responsible thing to do is to uh, be informed and to, to, to face it, which includes feeling it. Yeah. And then think about what's yours to do. Can I mention something, Mike? Actually, of course there's you a can, program, yeah. program called the week, the week dot OOO. Mm-hmm. And it's a really beautifully put together, um, way of, uh, getting to understand what the nature of the crisis is and what and and helps a person think about well what's mine to do because yeah. we've all got something to do like maybe you want to figure out growing local food or uh you know getting elected locally sort of froom flat pack democracy style whatever like it, you don't all have to get arrested it's not like that's one part of the stuff but there's so much to do and like putting your head in the sand like i used to think what were people doing when um you know fascism was rising up in europe what what would i have done and they're like oh that's what people do is put their head in the sand don't they like yeah um, it's strange you know because like last year i was like thinking about this because i was in france then as well and we're talking about um i was reading about the french resistance because where i was place called arbois it's quite um so it's actually the birthplace of louis pasteur but that's a completely different thing um it was very sort of linked to the french resistance that town so i learned about that area and it was a small amount of people who were part of the resistance but you know what it is after the war so many more people claim to be part of the resistance than before and what you are is the resistance yeah yeah that's the other person who's willing to like get all of this crap all of this crap because you know what you're doing is the right thing and the yeah. thing is there's so much shit talked about xr right yeah. that i just thought i want to talk to you i yeah. want to see what you think i want to feel that person mm. in one-to-one chat and i think you're legit <laughs> thank you then i'm really appreciative of your time mate and um i don't really know what else to say that doesn't sound crass about the jail but i think you know what i th- hope happens well, listen, thanks for the work you're doing here, Mike. I, like somebody said, oh, go on Mike's podcast and read a little listen. And I just think it's really important in the media landscape that's so dearth of truth and good analysis that we have people like you um, helping to, to, yeah, bring, I mean, including bringing me and other JSO people here, but all the other work that you're doing so that, yeah, people can make their own minds up. Right. I mean, I appreciate that, man. And I'm humbled by that because it really is about people making their own minds up. You know, I think we just want to present the truth. And then that's my contribution. You know, I work hard at this every bloody day and then other work as well. But I feel it's important. But my my role, I feel, is to build 
as much of the sort of like independent media as I can. So I, yeah. I, I do that, you know. That's, that's you know, I'm part of something called XR being the change and that's part of the work that needs to be done. I think we need to not, we need to feel, one way I say it's like we're being invited back into the systems of life and feel there's like all the different aspects of the work that needs to be done and that's like, that's your contribution. That's fantastic. Like not, not to, um, we can put ourselves under pressure and we can only do what you can do, but be doing something. That's the thing. Don't have your head in the sand. Not because... Um, you know, I'm wagging my finger saying, get your head out of the sand. Personally, might have her head in the sand. I'm saying it because it's like really uncomfortable with your head in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get out and smell the, you know, it's actually quite good fun. I, I, I'm sure at times it's hard work and my job has things in it that's difficult, but being in some kind of sense of purpose and contribution to something bigger than ourselves, I think is a beautiful way to live. So um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I had like a, a long COVID experience before we brought the podcast back and yeah. it gave us a, a lot of um, time to think about, is this really what I want to be doing? And the answer was still yes. So, and I feel like we can make a contribution and a difference, however small or big. So we'll just keep turning up every day and hope for the best truth yeah. isn't it so you know eventually people get there fuck me mate i hope you stay out of the jail i don't see what what it benefit to society it is of you being in the jail but we've got that society haven't we? so i'm just going to pray for you and just put them offerings out and just hope thank you thank you mike yeah i i've got a little telegram group with updates for folks if they want to join i can send you i don't know if you do show notes yeah I'll, I'll share share the links and we'll do we'll do all that for you mate but like i'll be keeping an eye on what's going on and um if it's possible in the future please come back and let me know how you're getting on eh? yeah 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 i'll do it from the cell <laughs> oh god i get somebody to smuggle in a mobile phone give it a wipe first though <laughs> <laughs> hey gail all the best mate thanks for everything yeah. you do all right, lots of love. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Much love. See you later. That was Gail from Extinction Rebellion there. What a wonderful woman, man. Like, as I was saying at the top of the show, like, I was, I'm was, i having an emotional moment still today about the climate emergency, but she's legit, isn't she? And you can't deny that. Like, anybody who wants to, like, um, cast shade on them, you can't cast shade on her as an individual, can you? Um, I forgot to put these up while she was still here, but just some messages of support. Uh, Glasgow for Red, unfortunately, I'll catch up later. He's at the hospital. Just want to share my love and appreciation for everything XR do. Um, Zoe mentioned about how she's clinically vulnerable and heat horrendous for her medical conditions, how people don't realize how badly this is all going to go. Uh, Bart Wadsworth is saying, Laws written by rulers, resistant change the rules. We make them, not they make us. Remember, we shall win eventually, mate. Wonderful words there. So he's also saying, wish you every success in court, a brave woman, and I thank you for all you're doing. Slaz is saying, I wish I had the fraction of the bravery and fortune of Gail. I'll try my best. There's more, but we don't want to keep going on. Hey, we can win. It's going to be hard, but we can win. And I feel a bit more lifted by a, talking to a person who's staring down the barrel of a jail sentence and still is at this. Can't fault that. That's mad inspirational, isn't it? If you want to support our work, go to patreon.com forward slash cowdaily, patreon.com forward slash cowdaily. Also, we have a PayPal link in the description if you want to make one of contribution to our work. Thank you very much for that. I mean, what do you even say about Gail? What an amazing person. Um, I hope she stays out of the jail. Praying for that. Prayers up, everybody. Catch you later. Mm -hmm.